Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome back to another episode of Modernizer Die CFML News. I'm Gavin Picking, a software consultant for Order Solutions, and who are you? How's it going? <laughs> good, good. So this is Brad I, Wood. He doesn't even know his own name, but I'll tell you about it. Anyway. Oh, I just had some <laughs> unexpected music in my headphones, and I was like, oh, wow, I'm listening to Gavin from a few seconds ago. This is cool. Let me mute that. <laughs> Too funny. So, well. I think I'm happy to be here. What is it? November 19th, all day today? Yep. So a week away from Thanksgiving. What? You know, five, six weeks away from Christmas. You couldn't tell because Christmas music is pounding me over here radio station <laughs> in the truck it was just uh, like christmas music all weekend so like oh maybe they went back to normal on the weekday nope apparently they started about yeah. seven eight weeks early and that's all we're getting so yeah I, i've seen several memes about uh you know the christmas music playing early and how people need to die who do that so <laughs> yeah i used to work in you know retail type stuff at one point and so there used to be a lot of christmas music all day every day playing you know, and it was kind of a oh, nice yeah. thing for a while, but after six weeks and that's all you listen to all day long, every day, yeah, it's a little rough. But uh, oh, I agree. I love Christmas music, but I usually, I hold off until Thanksgiving because you're right. You, you get sick of it after a certain amount of time. And you don't want to be sick of Christmas music before Christmas even comes because then it's just no fun. Yeah, especially when you got to go to your kid's band things or whatever. <laughs> you're like, I don't want to oh, hear it. yeah. <laughs> the concerts, the musicals, that's the real war on Christmas is starting <laughs> Christmas music too early, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, well, let's get on with some news here. So the the first piece of news is, did you know that the Adobe Roadshows are still going on, Brad? Did you know? I did know, but it's because I'm staring at the show notes right here. So, <laughs> Yep, so apparently there's one it's right now in Phoenix, uh, and tomorrow there's wow. one in Portland. So if you want to meet up with, uh, usually it's Alicia. I'm not sure um, she's going to be at these ones as well. Um, they have a, a couple of people from the Adobe show up. And usually it's a pretty nice little breakfast meetup. You get a free breakfast out of it. They'll give you a couple little swag items and, you know, give you a little presentation about CF Adobe 2018 and probably give you a preview of 2020. And then you get to ask some questions nice. and, and everything. And it's kind of nice. It's kind of like a, a near constant rotation here. So, yeah. you know, we don't have a, a Cold Fusion user group right now in Kansas City, but I wonder if Alicia would just come make breakfast at my house and give me a personal road show. <laughs> I would like the free breast breakfast portion, if at all possible. Sounds good. You can ask her. Um, but yeah, I know they've been doing a few in Europe lately, and they did. A, That's all I meant it for is the free food, man. Let's yeah. Be honest. No, I went down to the one um, in uh, Irvine, and that was a uh, mm -hmm. that was good. And but uh, yeah, I didn't know they still had them. So I know that they usually contact people in the area before they have them. But um, anyway, so, so if you guys are in Portland, to, do you have to sign up? Do you have to sign up for them, or do you just have to know the, the day, place, and, and location and just show up? You're How's supposed to register online. Um, so if you go to coldfusion-roadshows.meetus.adobevents.com, <laughs> pretty long. Wait, having it's the show notes. meet us, not meetups? It's meet us. Oh, my gosh. All right. That, that, that one's going in the chat because ain't nobody got time to remember whatever that crazy URL was you just said. Yep. So and there we go. I hadn't seen uh, any on, reminders of it, but uh, there are... They've been having them pretty regularly over the, you know, 
over the year. So they've had them in lots of different places. So uh, if you guys are in Portland, definitely check it out. It's good fun. Like I said, free breakfast and uh, a little bit of swag too. And, you know, ask some hard questions and get some secret information about uh, 2020 maybe. Secret information. <laughs> yep. Uh, more from uh, Adobe Cold Fusion. We have a preview for the new updates for 2016 and 2018. So um, they've got... New preview updates, you can go check them out. And Charlie Earhart wrote a blog post about it. Um, so on the carehart.org site, you can read more about right. that there. And he's got a couple of blog posts linked there about, you know, how to update and everything too. So now, this is actually a pretty cool thing, to be honest, because there's been a couple few, uh, you know, updates for Adobe Cold Fusion that have come out recently. And they will, you know, fix bugs or even worse. I mean, it's not worse, but they'll have security fixes, but they'll have regressions baked into them. And people are like, ah, we can't update, you know, the regressions. Um, so the community will always, you know, every time they'll be like, Adobe, why don't you, you know, let us test these in some sort of beta format, you know, and find all the bugs and get them fixed before you release a final update that's full of bugs. Um, not every update is full of bugs, but there's been a couple bad ones recently. So uh, I think this is a great example of the community harassing Adobe and Adobe uh, listening. And I hope they continue to do this for, for all the updates, is to have a, a preview cycle where people can, um, can play with them and find the bugs and get back with them. So fair warning, if update 6 for 2018 or update 13 for 2016 ships, and you're like, oh, man, Adobe broke something, there's a bug in it, right? Uh, you have no one but yourself to blame, in theory, kind of sort of sum up, because you have a chance right now to test it. So don't miss this opportunity um, to, to find any issues with this update before it comes out. Yep, exactly. It's, it's good to see Adobe listening to the community. That's one thing that some people might say is a negative that we, they don't listen, but it's, it sounds like they are, and that, yeah, like you said, that's good to see. So you know, it can only make everything better yeah. for everybody, right? Yep, I've, I've been hearing, seeing a lot more communication from the Adobe team, which is great. In fact, I uh, I had uh, Vamsi from the uh, the QA team email me this morning asking me about a, a ticket there have been some comments on regarding a cold box bug and wanted me to check and see if there had been a regression. So I, was, I thought that was pretty cool. He reached out to me. So I replied back and tested it for him. So I, li I like seeing those interactions with the community from the Adobe team. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so... Uh... Pete Freitag is in the news again. Um, he's he's obviously done this uh, security training at the last few conferences, and everyone uh, has been talking about it, and we obviously rave about it, so much so that uh, Pete's going to do an online version of this training uh, coming up here in December. So, That's really um, great. That way, if you can't make it to a physical conference, but you still want to get the training, you can have access to it. Yep, exactly. And so he's going to break it up over two days instead of the one day. So that way it should fit better with everyone's schedules and availability. Uh, so it's going to be December 11th and 12th. And it's going to be about a three hour block from 11 a.m. Eastern to uh, 2 p.m. So if you're on the Pacific side, you can be eight in the morning to 11. Um, so it still works for those at the Pacific time. And he's doing an early bird special right now for 375 instead of the 450, which will be after the early bird. Nice. And, and if you have a, do you know if he has a, a maximum number of students at all? I don't actually. Um, but I, I did give him a little, uh, review, a, a testimonial for his website. So my ugly mug is on oh, there. Nice. So uh, I've taken Your it a couple mug. of years ago at a sea of summit. Ugly and, muggly. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed the session. And, you know, and one of the cool things I think about it is that even if you've been doing cold fusion as long as I have, 
you know, there's always something to learn. Even if you think, you know, everything about security, uh, he shows off his Fixinator in there, which I didn't see because I did it before Fixinator, oh. but he shows uh, some other tools for load testing and, and different things. You know, I think there's a zap tool that, you know, helps you break into your code and, you know, so he covers a wider range of vulnerabilities, how to fix them and tools that you can use for testing. So it's a really good session. Uh, and I really like the fact he wraps it all up in a VM now running on command box too, which is pretty cool. And so that way you can, here's uh, an idea for Pete, a training session where he hacks your website while you watch. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, you just sign it like a waiver at the beginning. Everybody has to put in their company website and he just hacks them all. That would be awesome. That would be scary. Just just saying that (laughs) if you use that Pete, I want credit. So pretty funny. So, um, if you go to foundayer.com, um, you'll see under consulting called Fusion Security Training. I put link. the link in the chat already here oh. for the live viewers. Very cool. So uh, definitely go check that out. Uh, and if you know anybody else, uh, and like I said, I think that's useful for those who they're just writing cold fusion or if you're a security expert and you want to be able to, you know, crack down on your team is always something to learn from someone like Pete. So very cool. We prefer the term security czar, please. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you Moving on. Uh, yeah, we also have a congratulations to uh, McCable Light. The CF Live podcast has reached 100 episodes, which is pretty cool. That's a, a, a big milestone for them. So the 100th episode um, was Revolution Retrospective from uh, Nolan Irk. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, check yeah, check out that. Yeah, they went through all the different things that have changed since they started the podcast and, uh, you know, mentioned the start of our podcast and all the different products that have been released and framework updates. And it's a pretty interesting retrospective on just how Cold Fusion is changing as well. So uh, it was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So pretty yeah, cool. a lot's changed in the community. You know, I see people that come across Twitter and things and they'll say, you know, yeah, I used Cold Fusion, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, and it's just, it's, it's incredible how many things have changed in the last just five years. Um, especially 10 to 15 years. So yeah, episode covering that stuff. Yep. Very cool. And so in case you missed it too, uh, online cold fusion meetup last week, we had web acceleration to the rescue with Bruno Zuguet. Uh, there does not look to be one for this week scheduled right now. So I'm not sure if it's just getting too close mm-hmm. to Thanksgiving for everybody. Um, but uh, I know that I know Charlie wants people to, to help sign up and present. So if you guys are a speaker, please go sign up. Uh, I'm sure he's wanting to, to get a few more sessions planned out for after Thanksgiving before Christmas there too. So, Yeah, it actually reminds me. I need to reach out to Charlie and see if I can uh, get a couple of my sessions on there. So you have to keep yeah. me honest. Make, remind me to do that, Gavin. I'll try. And I've got to get some of mine out there as well. I've got always something to put out there but um so oh, yeah. all the recordings from this year are up there uh, on the meetup.com cold fusion meetup page they have a link there to all the the ones so far so if you've missed any of them definitely go check it out and if you really want to go to a blast from the past they have i think all the recordings from all the history as well so charlie keeps track of all that and there's a lot of recordings yeah. there so if you want to see what's changed in the last few years you can go back and look at a few of those that'll be <laughs> interesting for sure look at a recording from 15 years ago and it was like banging rocks together like cavemen to code almost like that with those mechanical keyboards <laughs> <laughs> hey, those are cool, man. Yeah. I was on site with a client this last year, and everybody, everybody at that location was all super into the mechanical keyboards. They like they made their own. They would buy them as kits, and they would solder all the stuff together. And they would. One guy had like Elvish uh, from Lord of the Rings. All his keys were <laughs> using those characters. They were serious about it, man. 
Well, hopefully they put that much love into their code too. <laughs> like, nope, just the keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> too busy polishing the keyboards. Like, what we're supposed to be writing code? What? So funny. So also wanted just to share a couple of little secrets from the whispers shh. from inside of Ordis. So yeah, shh. I haven't even Are seen. Are we allowed this. to talk about this? I don't know. I thought I'd put it out there and see. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but uh, I don't think Luis watches our podcast anyway. It's, it's fine. Yeah. No, I just wanted to just talk about yeah some stuff Luis has been doing lately. So he's been doing a lot of work on his CB Streams module that's been out there for a while, and he presented mm -hmm. on that in the conference mm -hmm. this year. Um, but he's been doing some updates on some of the threading, trying to get uh, you know better better information in through the threadings and stuff. And he's been diving into another Java library under the hood to try and get some some a very own cold box futures. So yeah, completable futures. Yeah, yeah. we're really focusing on a lot of the multi-threading um, just concurrency frameworks, uh, especially for cold box six. Um, it's been one of our big. Uh, Focuses and so you know the CB Streams library is something that we came out with a little while ago, um, and we've slowly been kind of working it into a couple of our projects like uh, Testbox, but we're really looking to make um, some of this uh, the threading stuff be kind of a first class citizen in Coldbox Six, um, and so expect to see a lot of uh, cool things in that area. But like you mentioned, we've we've been having to work over a handful of road bumps with how the engines handle those threads and things like that. So. Yeah, that's some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I was working on it last night actually. Cool, cool. Well, Scott in the chat said that he thinks that uh, Luis tweeted about it, so I guess oh, yes. he's already dropped the. Luis the loves bomb. to dangle little tweets out on Twitter, like oh, <laughs> oh something's coming. Oh, oh, what is it? Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Uh, I like all that stuff, and obviously we're doing more of that with JavaScript. And you know, the engines have got plans about you know some of these things. I know we have Runner Sync right in let's see if it's twenty eighteen. Um, we do, but Luis has a lot of additional features that he wants to work into the cold boxes, completable futures. Because that's the first thing I asked Luis is I was like, so what differentiates this from the run of sync feature that we had? Yeah. Um, and so we've been, we've been having discussions about, you know, do we want to follow, you know, promises, futures, how, how do we want it to work? There's a lot of additional functionalities that really aren't exposed to us with the run of sync uh, that Luis wants to make available. Because to be honest, I mean, Java being a JVM language threading. I mean, that's one of like the, the cornerstones of the, the features of using the JVM language. And so we really want to make sure that cold fusion developers are, um, are presented with modern options in that regard. Yeah. We want to give you guys all the goodies to make your job easier and more fun. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just cool to see. And, you know, I like to see Louise get inspired every once in a while and comes back with some crazy new ideas and well, not that crazy, just, it's crazy for CFML. So, oh, he's crazy. Luis is crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah, that's just nice. I mean, because we could wait for the engines, but you know, who knows how long it will take before they get implemented and what gets implemented. So this way, we just sort of, you know, take it into our own hands. So it's pretty cool to see. Well, I, I was going to say something like, you know, in this way, you can use it on older versions, um, and that still would be true for 2016. Uh, but we're actually looking to drop uh, CoFusion 11 support anyway in, in Coldbox six. So. Um, I guess that won't really apply. Yeah. That's been a long time coming though. Yeah. We've, we've confusion 11 still has a pretty decent chunk of users. Um, but we just got to a point where it, it holds us back so much. There's so many things we can't do in cold box because of our confusion 11 support. I mean, for goodness sakes, we can't even use the freaking Elvis operator. Every time we try cold fusions 11 is like bah, 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 bugs. You can't use that. And we have to rip it all back out. So, 
dropping cold fusion 11 support as as much as that may be unpopular with a, with a few of our users is going to really free us up to be able to use uh uh newer stuff in um in cold box so yeah i know that uh we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna doing break that. some omelets or break some eggs to make the omelet however the heck that saying goes yeah, and there's a few libraries that we're starting to do that too as well. And I mean, the amount of code we can take out of it because of all this, you know, version uh, or engine checking oh, yeah. is crazy. I remember when we dropped Cold Fusion 7 and 8 support and Luis was able to clear a whole bunch of code out of Coldbox because of that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, Adobe dropped support, core support of Cold Fusion 11 back in April of last year or this year. Um, I guess it's still 2019. Um but that's kind of becoming a sort of our new rule of thumb is if the if the vendor isn't supporting it, you know, the, the CF vendor, um, <laughs> then we're not going to support it for much longer. But anyway, we're we're, we're starting to change a little bit on that. Um, but that's not always always an interesting discussion is when we talk about do we drop support for something in the pros and cons of that. So, yep. Cool. Well, let's get into the conferences now. So the next conference. Latino America. Yep, Latino America into the box. Latam is happening in a few weeks now. Gosh, it's sneaking up fast on us. So it's December fourth, and in San Salvador, El Salvador. So one day, one track, presented in Spanish, and we've got a, a good group of some of the oldest speakers here. So we've got Luis Mahano, Edgardo, Jorge Reyes, John Clausen, Esmeralda Acevedo, Stephanie Manji, Javier Quintero. Um, and we got, Does John have a Latino say that. name? I don't know. We should make one up, though. <laughs> I mean, at least call him Juan. Yeah, I probably should. But. Juan. <laughs> I don't know. But that was more French. I'll have to ask Luis. <laughs> Luis is the is the giver of Latino names. I have yeah. to see what, what, what Juan Clausen can be. Probably has one there somewhere. Uh, you know, we have uh, pictures on our slides from the keynotes you. with our sombreros yeah, yeah. and everything else. So. Senor Clausen. Probably. Senor Juan. All right, we'll have to we'll have to check on that. We'll we'll be back next week with uh with John Claus's Latino name. Yep, but you can check out uh, more information at LATAM LATAM into the box org. Tickets are available uh, and they're nice, affordable tickets too. So definitely go check those out um, if you're in the area. And if you know someone in the area, share the link and uh, yeah, it'd be great to see a, a good turnout down there. If we're going to take over the world by having conferences everywhere. We need to have some more successful ones here. Where were you planning? <laughs> India, right? You're not supposed to leak all the secrets, Kevin. You did last time. <laughs> Remember you said you're trying to figure out to do the Indian one. So Well, no, the, the part where you said we're going to take over the world. Oh, yeah, that's already happening. People aren't supposed to know that yet. <laughs> yeah, well, we just put a conference in each continent. That's the plan. But, uh, yep, but speaking of India, we also have the CF Summit India, and that's going to be in uh, Bangalore in December 7th. So um, more information has been coming out about that conference. So if you look on coldfusion.adobe.com, they had a new blog release there. So Kishore talked about the blog, oh. uh, sorry, about the conference there. So a little more information. I don't think I saw that post. Is this the, the first link you have here in the show notes? Yep, that one right there. And then we also have... Um, sign into the portal. There's also um, an interview with yeah. Kishore on the CFA Live podcast. So they talk a little bit more about uh, India 2019. This is the second year they've done it. Uh, so it was a good, good one last year, and they're hoping this will be a success as well. And so he talks right, about so they, you know, this is a two track conference then. Yep, two tracks. So that's new news that they released, which is pretty cool. And they're also making sure you have lots of time to, you know, mingle with uh, the developers and the engineers and really get to 
you know, get comfortable with it. And it is in the Adobe office. So uh, we confirmed that as well. So pretty cool. So if you want to find out more, there's a blog post and a, a CFLI podcast as well on tiertech.com. So uh, again, the registration is complimentary. You just have to go register on uh, cfindiasummit.attendees.com. And we'll have the links in the show I made notes. the registration complimentary. It's like, oh, you're looking very nice today, Gavin. Well, thank you, registration. <laughs> yeah, have a free registration. <laughs> <laughs> all right yep. we also have into the box yeah regular old boring u.s version 2020 coming up next year yep so this is going to be a little bit later the previous years we've had it in the end of april but we push it back to the beginning of may may 6th through 8th 2020 in houston texas Yep, we're going to be at the Hyatt place again. So if you guys have been to the previous ones there, it's the same location. Uh, we're going to open the rooms up a little more. I think we're having a few more people. We're going to give ourselves a little more room. So we're looking forward to that. It's been great attendance the last few years, and it keeps growing. So let's see if we can get a few more people in there and oh, yeah. share the love. The Hyatt place is a really nice location. It's got the the bar down there in the lobby for, so people can hang out. Uh, I believe there's a, a pool there, though. I've never used it. Yeah, there um, is. There we go. So our call for speakers is also open. Um, it's out there on paper call. And so uh, we definitely are are accepting invitations for anyone wanting to speak into the box. So yeah. do not be shy. Yeah, we've actually that. got a few uh, submissions already. So we're, they're already coming in. So um, make sure you guys get on that. We don't have a cutoff deadline just yet, I don't think. But I'm assuming it'll be probably in it within the next month or so we usually like to try and firm things up by the end of the year so uh, if you've got nothing else to do next week if you're on vacation for thanksgiving uh you know write up a presentation and get it in there and uh it looks we like we got a few people to, uh, list our call for speakers on the website we haven't done that you're correct we, uh -huh. we need to do that so we'll have to get the word out a little more we'll have to do a blog post on it as well um but yeah so sign up um get your name in the hat and then we have a few people from outside the the community as well. We're having on paper call. We're open up to you know other people finding us. So we have some interesting uh, proposals from from other speakers that I've never heard of before. So it's going to give us more yeah, work to fit the, uh, Putting the call for speakers out on uh, on paper call has has resulted in a surprising amount of uh, sort of random submissions from people that I guess just look for for conferences. So. Yeah, be interesting going through all of them and seeing uh, what'll what'll be relevant. Yeah, there's some UI UX stuff and some soft skills and everything. And you know, we usually try and mm -hmm. mix things up as long as it's relevant to you as a Cold Fusion developer. You know, then it's it's worthy to put on the list. And obviously, we have a try and get a mix of content, so it could be interesting. Remember, it's not all box products. You don't have to be a a box user to enjoy the conference. There's plenty of great content there for everybody. What if you're a box abuser? Well, then you get seen the door. <laughs> you get two sessions then. Yep. Okay. Well, um, blogs, tweets, and videos. Let's do it. Yep. So, uh, Michael Bourne tweeted that he's back and ready for another live stream. So, is he back in black? Uh, I don't know. Dark mode, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's, that needs to be a, a parody song. Because <laughs> I'm back. I'm back in dark mode. I don't know. It doesn't quite. We'll have to work on the rhyming. It'll happen. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you can bring it to into the box 2020, and we'll uh, we'll see it. And we rock out the box band. 
<laughs> Luis oh, keeps promising the box burn. We'll see if it happens. But um, did, yes. did I tell you about the? Did I tell you about the suggestion I I gave uh, Alicia at CF uh, CF campus here? It, it, it was it was half half joking, but like still actually half serious. I told her CF Summit. But we were talking about how there's so many people who are programmers who are also musicians. It's just you always find a lot of overlap in the in the two fields. It seems. And I told her how cool would it be at CF Summit, really any conference, but Adobe has the money to make it happen. Uh, at CF Summit, <laughs> have like a corner where you just have like instruments to sit in there, like some guitars, you know, a piano, maybe some like hand drums. And people can just go over and just jam, you know, make it like a little like photo off with a little iPad, you know, and a little uh, band name, like, you know, the, the CF Summit Adobe jam band i don't know and it's like people can just go over and just like you know play Freebird and just start jamming and stuff i don't know I, I told her think about it it would be a super sweet fun thing to do at a conference well especially 25th anniversary of cold fusion next year i mean they, if they're gonna do it mm-hmm. up they should do it big but i know luis has been talking about starting up the the box band into the box as well because nolan's a big music junkie and you know has his band and everything and and obviously mm-hmm. you play a lot of music there's a lot of yeah a lot of a lot of the speakers and stuff i mean we we know that uh jorge can bust out some tunes in those pipes when the mariachi band rocks oh, into, yeah. into the box so i know yeah anyways back to the tweets <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> back to the t- back to the tweets <laughs> so yeah so michael Bourne is back he's going to be um doing some investing insights uh app with cold box if and lucy uh I guess Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. So, Just another uh, Twitch stream. Yep. He's going to be uh, live streaming on Twitch. Um, so, we have a link to his account there and keep an eye out on it um, for Twitter. He'll be posting as he goes live. So, I just retweeted it. Cool, cool. So, uh, there's another blog post on the Cold Fusion Adobe forums from Gray Desmond. So, this one was interesting. He's talking about WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, he's talking about using ColdFusion uh, Tabulator, a JavaScript library, and WordPress to try and get some um, some data, basically some database tables in his WordPress site up to date. And so, uh, I like how he says if if he was doing everything in ColdFusion, the, the blog post would be over by now. But uh, it took a little longer <laughs> to get things going. Dang, Skippy. But yeah, so he's using Framework One for his ColdFusion side, and you know, rendering out data as JSON a certain way, and Tabulator uh, working with WordPress to to do that. So he talks about a couple of gotchas with so, SSL and cores and stuff. So, so is he basically using a WordPress site that loads up JavaScript that just hits some ColdFusion endpoints to bring in JSON and then put data in the in the page? Yep, just to keep those database tables in sync. So. Um, you know, just interesting. Okay. I just like the way, you know, using different tools to, to solve your problems. And I thought it'd be a nice one to share, even if he's talking about PHP, <laughs> but you know, there's, there's a place for every tool, you know, just use what you got to use and yeah, the trash can, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, so, so there we go. Um, Charlie, your was also talking about when and how to upgrade your web connector easier since 2016. So, mm-hmm. uh, I like the, the blog post just gives you a rundown. Cause I know a lot of people in the update, they don't know if they should, you know, change that web server connector or not. They get these weird errors. And usually if they get an error with the update, it's usually because the web server connector needs to be reset up. So it talks yeah. about, and they're always really hard to debug too. You'll get like odd, like 404s or stuff. that just doesn't make sense. Your, your SDS URLs just won't quite work like you expect. And then it's like, oh, you installed an Adobe Cold Fusion update and didn't rebuild the connector, did you? (laughs) 
Yep, exactly. Yep. So he talks about how to figure out if you need it, and you know, talks about how Adobe's trying to even make the tech notes a little easier to read. And they have like a little checklist at the bottom saying, "Do you need to do the connector? Yes or no?" and stuff like that. So again, Charlie's got you check know, yes or no. Yep, Charlie's got a nice uh, blog post about that to make your life easier if you're the one updating your your sites. So, mm -hmm. and then uh, Tech had a blog. So this is a, a good one for Brad. Uh, CFML is better than other languages. Seven detailed reasons. Dang straight. I didn't so, think I saw that one. Yeah. So it's again, it's one of uh, a marketing piece basically is what I'd say. So, you know, if you're using cold fusion already, you probably know most of these things, but you know, if you get someone saying people, people saying cold fusions are dead or why are you using it or whatnot, this would be another, you know, good opportunity to, to share this. And it's giving you some reasons why cold fusion is good. You know, some of them Point might be one, a little dated. Cold fusion is rad, dude. <laughs> exactly. Like that one there. Some people might argue that uh, rapid application design is a little uh, CF4 maybe. I thought it was rapid application <laughs> development. Sorry, development. Yeah, you're right. But, uh, but yeah, so you got some interesting content yeah, look, there. Looks, looks here. Here's the 30,000 foot overview one through seven rad, easy to learn, powerful, scalable, rich with built-in functions. That's actually true. Portable with extensibility throughout object oriented. Yeah. Those are the, the seven points. And obviously it has a whole paragraph in each one, multiple paragraphs in each one. Yep. But uh, again, so a marketing piece, but if you know you get a client that's why do you use cold fusion? You can give them something like this and speaks their language. So again, I thought mm -hmm. it was worth sharing. So we're up to our buddy Ben. So what's Ben been up to there, Brad? Um, looks like he's been up to a blog post titled Closure Variable Access Changes with Function Expresses Expressions versus Functions Declarations in Lucy CFML 5.3.3.62. I <gasps> I didn't read that one. I don't know what's in it. Yeah, that's okay. Looks like he's playing <laughs> the closures again. Yeah, so he was just uh, looking at different ways to, you know, define a function and figure out if it does, you know, actually close over variables or not. Uh, it was pretty interesting. And I think it was, to me anyway, what the sort of the examples he walked through, they made sense to me. Um, it was interesting, though. He had a function, and inside that function, he declared another function by just using the function name, you know, um, mm -hmm. parameters, not using a variable, you know, this equals a function. Um and I was like, I always thought that that was just, you know, weird to actually, you could just define a function inside of a function. And yeah, it was just kind of strange, but that one didn't, doesn't close over your expression. variables. Well, it wasn't set uh, up as an expression though. So it was here. Well, which, which example you talk about? I'm looking at this post now and talking about variable hoisting. What was he doing an iffy? Uh-uh. No, it's just, or, you know, inside your line. So you have a variable X equals three. And then underneath it, you had function, et cetera, but that's already inside of another function. So it's, you know, you're just declaring a, a UDF, but it's already inside another UDF, which yeah, works. No matter where it is, it's just, yeah. like I said, it's just an, it's an expression that whose result is a, a UDF. Yep. Um, and I'm not seeing that code example though. Okay. But anyway, so basically most of the normal uses of using, you know, JavaScript, everything seemed to, to pretty much align as, as expected. But again, Ben's real thorough and, you know, looking at a couple of different ways that I wouldn't even have thought to, to define a function was kind of interesting. So, Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying that um, inside of his test scope access 
function, he declares one, but instead of doing var my function equals function curlies, he just uses function name of function syntax like you would yeah. of CFC. Yeah, exactly. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so yeah. But that's not a closure, it's just a UDF, exactly. Yeah, and it doesn't get hoisted the same way and everything. So it's and it's good to know all these little uh differences because then you can kind of understand uh why it, it doesn't always behave like you might have thought sometimes. Yep. I'm curious how that would differ in CF 2016 and 2018 too. And I'm not it, sure that tw that Cold Adobe Cold Fusion lets you use that syntax. I yeah. swear I tried that once and it only worked in Lucy, but I'd have to test it. Um, I don't believe that Ben tests any of the stuff on Cold Fusion because they at, at his work they basically went from Adobe Cold Fusion 10 like straight to Lucy 5.2 or something. So all of uh of Ben's blogging about Cold Fusion now is basically just completely inside of the the microcosm of Lucy. Because I'd asked him about Adobe at one point, and he was like, I don't know. I just I just do Lucy now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'd have to test that to see if that function uh, declaration syntax works with the Adobe compiler or not. Yeah, I mean, I know you can do that inside of JavaScript too, because I accidentally, uh, I was on a code review one time, yeah. like, what, does this work? <laughs> but it does, it's just, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So... Next on the list, we uh, just link out to the CFA Live 100th episode. So um, we talked about that previously, but we wanted to make sure that was included in the, that blog section as well. And then um, we also talk about the preview for uh, the Cold Fusion updates that we mentioned earlier. So that's there as well. Mm -hmm. And here's one that's pretty interesting. I know that you helped, uh, was it John Wish? I always forget, alias Paul Yorick. Yeah, uh, alas. Alias, yeah. Yeah, it's meant to be a, a play that on guy. that last poor Yorick. But um, so he was moving from DI1 to Wirebox inside of a framework one application. Yay. And so uh, he wanted to give it, you know, his app a little more power that Wirebox gives you over DI1. And so he was looking at switching. And so he basically documents what he learned. And I know he was asking a lot of questions in Slack. He mentioned you and a few other people had helped him there too. So. Yep. But pretty interesting. So if you're using Framework 1, um, you know, and you're using DI1, you can see some of the reasons he moved. And also, if you're wanting to do something like that yourself, you know, he gives you a pretty good rundown on how to get Wirebox working and, you know, behaving like DI1 enough so you're backwards compatible. But also, you can move forward and use all the goodness that Wirebox does. Mm-hmm. I'm checking to see what he, uh, what all he has got. I hadn't actually read his post. I, I'd answered a bunch of, uh, a bunch of questions for him, but okay, yeah, it looks like uh, he's doing exactly what I thought. I remember helping him with this. Because basically, uh, Wirebox is is a bit more. I'm sorry, <laughs> DA one is a bit more opinionated than Wirebox. Wirebox is kind of like you do whatever you want, buddy. It's your models folder. We're not going to force it down your throat. Um, it's ironic, given what some people used to say about Wirebox. I think it was the other way around. Uh, Framework one has some more conventions. You know, you put it in a folder called services. You have the word service in it, and it treats it a little bit differently, um, which is kind of cool. I like that. Um, so Wirebox will let you totally do that. Um, you just have to configure it. And so he shows tricks on how to, you know, point Wirebox at your entire models folder and then tell it, hey, if the, um, you know, CFC has the word service in it, just automatically make it a singleton. Um, so, I mean, you can do those things in Wirebox. It's just up to you to tell it you want to do it. So and this is a pretty cool little post. It gives you some of that sort of uh, opinionated behavior of DI1 back just inside of, inside of Wirebox. Yeah. For sure. That's a good post. Yep. 
And then uh, the next blog post on our list is from Matthew Clemente. So he talked about using Redis with Lucy and approach with mm. the command box Docker image and Autis Redis extension. So I know you read that one. I know you're talking about that one. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I was posting about that. Um, just a really nice walkthrough on uh, on what the how the Autis Redis extension works. Um, and he talks a little bit about um, uh, about how you know there is a, a Redis extension. That's that's free uh, from Lucy, but the the Ortis one is supported by Ortis and has a bit more functionality. Um, and so we think that there's a there's value, obviously, being from Ortis. <laughs> and uh, and be a little biased. With, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're completely totally biased, uh, but we believe that the you know the support behind our extension is what is what makes it worth uh, using it. You know, if you want to use the free one from Lucy, go ahead. But if it doesn't work. You can post in the forums and you can see what happens. But if Fires doesn't work, you email us and we promise we'll reply to you. So <laughs> sometimes there's always bumps, you know, getting the stuff working. So that's really where the support comes in is helping you pass those bumps. Yep. So another good post from Matt Clemente. So if you go to blog.mattclemente.com, you'll see it right there as well. Cool. And then Pete Freitag, just he has to keep busy. So uh, he posted a blog post about a question he had about Fixinator and why it doesn't add CF query param to, to static values in a query. And so this is pretty interesting. Um, basically, query params, obviously, you should be using them on all your cold fusion variables inside your queries to make sure you're blocked for query uh, injection and, and that type of thing. Some people use it on static values too. So they're asking why Fixinator doesn't do that. And obviously, since it's actually hard-coded, there shouldn't be any threat or security issues because it's just text in your file. So you don't need a query parameter. And, you know, not too bad. The The reason that sometimes I will do it, though, because he says you shouldn't because you might actually have a little teeny tiny tiny performance hit. But the reasons why I'll sometimes I'll do it is if I know that this query hard-codes it and that's fine, I don't need to use it. But if I have the exact same query somewhere else and I'm am passing that value in dynamically and not statically, if I use a query param, that means that the query plan in the database will be able to be shared. Because if you have a query which is not the same without the different parameters, it'll build two different query params. Sorry, you know query not, plans, not query it, params. Did you know that's not technically true with SQL Server? Oh. I don't know about MySQL or Oracle, but for, for years now, SQL Server is actually smart enough that if you run, say, select star from orders or order ID equals five, right, and order ID equals six, equals seven, behind the scenes, SQL Server will actually recognize similar queries, and it'll turn them into parameterizations, and it'll share the same execution plan. Um, so cool. there's actually optimization in SQL Server. I, it may be there in Oracle, MySQL, I don't know. Maybe it's not. I just know more about SQL Server is what I used to be a DBA for. But um, uh, what Pete says is true, but SQL Server still has your back and can technically, in some cases, still optimize uh, very similar queries that have hard-coded values. Just a little random tidbit there that I found out years ago when studying this kind of stuff. Actually, it wasn't Pete because Pete said you don't need to. I said I do sometimes because of that. So, uh -huh. so yeah, you but that's do. cool. Good You're to know. Wrong. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if like MySQL doesn't do it. It doesn't always seem to be as powerful as a as a as a query plan creator. I could be wrong. It might totally do it. But yeah, it's good. It's cool to know that some 
uh, databases will do that. And see, in SQL Server, I don't there I don't know how to do some of the stuff in MySQL. In SQL Server, you can actually go and you can get the query plan uh, back from the database. You can get it as XML, um, and you can load it up in Management Studio, and you can look at it. There's a plan ID, so there's actually a way to tell uh, if queries share the same plan ID or not. I don't know mm. if MySQL even exposes that stuff, but um, I yeah. know SQL Server has a lot of uh, functionality there. I know there's a lot of cool tools in the workbench and you can use the explain uh, and, you know, stuff like that for MySQL, but I don't know if it actually gives you a plan ID. I'll have to look into that more sometime because, yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest. But that's the reason I would sometimes query prem static values, but only if you're using it elsewhere. And like you said, maybe it doesn't even matter. So good to know. But uh, pretty cool. So, yeah, but Fixinator, it does fix it automatically for you, which is pretty neat. So if you guys haven't heard more about Fixinator, go check that out. That's a really cool, really cool uh, tool that Pete built. You know, the coolest thing about Fixinator, in my opinion, is it's running on freaking uh, AWS Lambda as a, as a serverless function. The 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 web services that it reaches out to 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 scan stuff, which I think is super cool. Probably yeah. honestly the first uh, the first Cold Fusion service actually like running out there on on AWS Lambda. So that's yeah. exciting. Of course, Pete is the person who created the Fuseless project for that, so it <laughs> only makes sense that, that he's using it for uh, for some of his own stuff. So what came first, Fixinator or Fuseless? Did he build Fuseless and thought, oh, I could build Fixinator? Or did mm. he build Fixinator and say, mm. now I have to build Fuseless to make it work? I wonder. It's <laughs> a good question. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess we can ask Pete that later. Uh, Pete, if you're listening, let us know. So uh, <laughs> Matt Gifford. Speaking who- of Speaking of cussing. Uh, yeah yeah matt gifford after being quiet for so long came back with um mm. with profanity i mean <laughs> yeah so uh swear jar the yeah. profanity detector it detects profanity wow so just be careful uh, cool. uh if you go look at the the forge box entry for this module that he's been working on um there are some bad words there but they're, they're there oh, for dear. necessity so um is that, is that a is that against our uh our, our rules do we allow that uh, i'm not sure to be honest but yeah so basically he's working on a client project and um they need to build some type of curse word explicit word detection for their content and so he thought it would be easy enough and kind of fun to build um did some investigating found some other things and of course there was a node package for it too so um the swear jar node is what he based uh, a lot of the patterns off of and so he i think he built it on top of the the json file uh, for that and so the cool thing about it is is that it has a whole bunch of different functionality into it um, you know you can just look up something and see if it has bad words you can sense them and and all sorts of different things and it's i18n friendly because of the way you define the files so theoretically you could have you know depending on the language you could have it check different languages for certain words and it's got little scorecards and everything so and and look at this Look at this second paragraph in, in in Matt's post. He says, quote, so last night, whilst listening and half watching the fabulous Modernizer Die podcast, I created the CFML version of a library, end quote. Matt, if you think saying that is going to give you bonus brownie points with us, you are absolutely correct. Well done. <laughs> brownie points, check for you. Yep. Didn't get you to the top of the list, but still. <laughs> so, yeah. So, if you're thinking... <laughs> Monkey has a potty mouth. Uh, it's just because he's trying to demonstrate his modules, so don't get too hard on him. Uh, <laughs> that's a good guy, and it looks like a pretty cool thing. But he did put Holy it up on badges, Batman. Look at the look at the badges he has. Uh, that's another one of his Forge projects, isn't package. it? Ooh, kind of safe for work. 
pretty risque, built with love, test of a <laughs> test box, uses CF mount. He's got all the badges, man. Isn't that his project or is that Pete's project? I can't remember. I, I thought Matt had a. Uh, I believe, I think Matt had, I think, I think uh, Eric added the, some of the functionality we have in, in ForgeBox to auto create some badges, but I think Matt also created a separate uh, badge project. Oh. Actually, I cool. think we can click on these. Yeah, yeah, look, cfmailbadges.monkeyworks.com. See? Yeah. Yep. That cool. was a separate thing. So, yes, yeah, so if you want cool badges for your. I think add some more of these to my projects. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some pretty cool badges. So if you want to add some to your package, if you don't have a package, make one just so you can use them. There you go. Built with cold box. Very cool. <laughs> All my VARs are scoped. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's been, it's been forever since I've looked at these. Pretty funny. Um, okay, anyway. Yep. Enough yep. about monkey works. Yep. Crazy so guy. we got a, a tweet from Ben Adele who just purchased the div edition of fusion reactor. So uh, oh, that is fantastic. I've been harping on him to do that for a while. I mean, I hope on everybody. Yep. I'm like, just buy it. You won't regret it. So yeah, he was, uh, you know, happy to see that, um, the div, the div edition is easy to install and up and running and, uh, yeah, he's enjoying using it. So, the the fusion reactor team was you know responded to his tweet too and said if he's got any questions or issues you know let them know so that was really nice of them as well and uh yeah again uh the dev edition is much cheaper than their full edition and it's great for developers and uh, we have a few licenses that we use as developers for audits and yeah it's life-saving i know you say brad you can't live without it no i'm sitting here reading this he talked about adding a java agent i'm curious if he's using command box on the server because when you use command box, you don't even have to screw with JVM args. You just install the command box module for Fusion Reactor, and boom. That's what's gonna done. Yeah, I was gonna say we should probably tell him if he's doing it for local development anyway, he could set it up that way, and it's there for all of his projects that way, even his little test projects, right? So mm -hmm. then you get code coverage and test box 3.0 automatically. Yeah. Of course, so I think yeah. we need to get Ben using test box. That's our next goal. Yep. So Ben, if you're listening, uh, you got some homework. <laughs> Use test box. Put backtracking into our into our podcast. Yeah, we're, but, we're slowly hypnotizing everyone listening and converting you to some sort of box product. Yeah, actually, speaking about that, <laughs> uh, we got some feedback on the name of the podcast the other day. So someone reached out and said, Mon "You know, the modernizer, modernizer die. Like it's a little harsh, and you know we've kind of thought about that too. But uh, some people think that it's just." You know, we're just basically trying to say use code box or else or use box products or else. But there's a lot of ways you can modernize your code without having to use all the box products. We just obviously we make tools for ourselves to try and make our lives easier. But, uh, you know, obviously this podcast yeah. talks about everything, not just box products. And but yeah, uh, someone so thought after it was considering the name, we've decided we are going to come kill you if you don't modernize. So we'll, <laughs> we'll be strictly enforcing the or die or die. <laughs> Yeah, that was Salvadorian game. It's a metaphorical death, guys. Yep. <laughs> anyway, Good times. Just you, know, to... you know, Luis, he likes to be a little dramatic. It's the Latino coming out in him. You know, he's got to or die. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Actually, who, who came up with the with the phrase modernize or die? I think it was Luis. Was that Luis or did you come up with it? No, it was Luis. He, uh, he had it trademarked before. <laughs> I think I'd even heard it before. <laughs> so. See, it's trademarked. We. Yes, how much money we had to pay to trademark that stupid thing. We're stuck with the name. We're, we can't change it now. It's it's, yep. it's set in stone. Exactly. Modernize or die. Yep. A slow, painful death. Yeah. Well, it's either that or change languages, and you know, some people have, but we're we're the sticklers. We're sticking around here. 
So uh, James Moberg mm-hmm. also uh, had a tweet out there. He was following up to our talk last week about Pete's uh, and that's safe game XML tag. Over for you, those of you on Twitter. Yep. So the safe XML past CFC Pete released last week. Um, mm-hmm. James was talking about how he'd built or he was using another uh, Java library to do some of the same work because he wasn't, you know, too safe using the XML pass that's built in and. And so he actually did some some testing after uh, after hearing about it last week on the podcast um, or on Twitter. I'm not sure exactly, but he went back and updated his blog post that we've linked to here. And um, I guess he found a couple of issues possibly with the the safe XML pass, um, but he says it's working great. Uh, but yeah, he ran because he ran he ran everything through um, an OWASP um, set of safe or unsafe um, files to test it with. And so, um, you know, it did work good for the good stuff, but I guess there was a couple of passing issues mm-hmm. there. But he, he talks uh, about how um, he solved the problem before Pete released this. So I'm sure Pete will uh, update it accordingly. When I had, uh, I had, I had tweeted about the, um, the, the, the safe XML parse the other day, um, someone, who was it? Wait a second, I'm logging into Hootsuite on this on my laptop to look. Uh, somebody actually asked me if I had some examples of uh, unsafe XML. Um, I'm scrolling down in my, uh, oh, it was uh, it was Jim Parton had replied to my tweet about that because we had talked about that tweet. Um, and he had said, do you have any links or articles describing malicious XML? Because he wanted to know what I meant by saying, you know, uh, safe XML parse, you know, will make your, your site immune to malicious XML. Um, and so I had, I just linked him to the OWASP.org uh, website because I think it was every, in reply to that that, uh, that James Moper had popped up with uh, his, uh, his testing tweet. But anyway, uh, if any of you guys are interested, uh, there's some really like super basic examples here on the OWASP website that kind of shows uh, just exactly what we mean when we say that a malicious uh, you know, hacker could come up with an XML document that when parsed um, could have unintended uh, side effects. Even though this is in your show notes, I'm going to stick in the chat. Maybe we can add it because uh, that's kind of a, a nice reference just to scroll through and see just exactly what would that look like if a hacker was to target your site. Yeah, for sure. And again, if you want to find out more about um, crazy security stuff, uh, check out Pete's online webinar in December. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he's going to cover the uh, the safe XML parse in that. I bet I'm, he will. Yeah, well, maybe you will. If not, he should. Hint, hint. <laughs> So now we're up to the find a job section. And actually, I haven't seen any new jobs posted this last week. Um, if you go to getcfmljobs.com, oh you can see the ones Time that are previously there. PHP. There's no new jobs, man. They're <laughs> all gone. They've dried up. Done. Yeah, I'm just not sure if people are looking to, to hire someone right now. Or maybe I just missed a few. So if you guys have a job offering that you want us to, to talk about, please let us know. But if you go to getcfmljobs.com, it does a pretty good job of pulling them in from all the different websites out there like Indeed and uh, and some of those other ones, etc. So, unfortunately, if you're looking for a job, uh, you'll have to do a little more work this week. So, mm. so Forgebox module of the week. Let's talk this about. This is going to be familiar. Yep, I thought I was going to do another one, but I decided we couldn't go further than the swear jar from Matt Gifford. So uh, it doesn't get any better than the swear jar, people. Somebody needs to make like a safe internet browser now, written in Cold Fusion, that just like CFHTTPs to get the content, runs it through swear jar, then sends it back to the page and just censor everything. That'd be interesting. Mm, pretty funny. So yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a it's a 
library. He's put it up there. It's up on Forgebox. If you just search Swear Jar, you'll find it. Um, profanity and Now, is this, a, is this a cold box specific library or just a general purpose, good old fashioned cold fusion? Just general cold fusion. So if you just do a new Swear Jar, uh, it'll create it. And then on that, oh, you can yeah. do, you know, you can do censoring. So you can just, you know, basically find and replace words and replace them uh it'll like, give you yeah, a it looks like it's just got a, a swear jar cfc which is basically the guts of it yep and there's no uh there's nothing specific to Colbox or wirebox it has a config folder so you could drop this into a Colbox app and you could create wirebox mappings or you could just install it in any old legacy app that's pretty cool yep uh, and i just like the fact that yeah you can just say hey does this have some bad words in it you know you just check and see if there's something you can censor it so it'll automatically replace the bad words with uh you know asterisk you know asterisk type characters or whatnot you can get detailed information on what words were bad and why <laughs> uh you can do little scorecards and, and stuff so. yeah i saw one of the uh one of the categories was uh, um oh crap what was it <laughs> i forgot what it was um it was a, it was a funny uh, thing. Oh, cool story, bro! Uh, I already forgot what it, what the example was that it had. Um, it wasn't bigotry. What was the word? Oh well, I'll yeah. remember it after the after the episode's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that my my brain just went blank, it was on his uh, it was on his uh, blog post. Um, so now it's good. Now, oh, blasphemy! That's what it was. Jeez, such an <laughs> idiot. Blasphemy was one of the things. Um, so if you, so if you wrote something like "I love PHP," PHP is a great language. Swear a jar, but like, no, that's blasphemy. Yeah, I don't know. You're like, cold fusion is dead. Blasphemy. That's Filter. funny. Yeah. So theoretically, because you can edit this with a configuration file, a JSON file, I believe. Uh, oh, so for we that, could actually different... make that. Yes, we could. So I mean, fascism at our front door. We can police the whole internet with this thing. Yeah, make a Chrome extension that just does it for you. <laughs> Have the oldest Chrome extension. <laughs> Too funny. Right. All right. I'm I'm giving him a pull request right here because he doesn't have um doesn't have syntax tiling on his code blocks. Oh, I'm OCD about that. There you go. So anyway, um, so that. That module's up there, and again, it's just a simple, you know, simple little module. It doesn't have all the cold box stuff. It doesn't have wirebox, so you know you can set up a, a module yourself, put it up on Forgebox, and make it available to share. And uh, I thought that was a good highlight for a new package up on Forgebox. So pretty cool, and I'm sure a lot of people could use something like this too. So especially as far as everyone gets so offended these days by so much, this way you can uh, at least help reduce your offensiveness. <laughs> just replace you everything with asterisks. Add... <laughs> <laughs> the, whole, the whole website. How do you add syntax highlighting when you just have a single line code block? You just use the tab. I never use that. I'm not sure. It's indented. Yeah, I'm not sure. Killing me, Matt. I'm trying to send you a pull request here. You're not doing your code blocks right. Jeez. Okay, well, while Brad's uh, helping Matt there, I'm going to talk about the VS Code hint, tip and trick of the week. So this week... You should you know, have a little like theme song that comes on whenever we announce these. You know, like, it's the mailbag time. You know, a little animation. I don't know, just, just saying, think about it. Maybe next week. Okay, uh, if I get bored, I'll, I'll work on that. 
<laughs> so uh, we also have um so the vs code hint tip and trick of the week this week i'm going to talk about file utils so it's just a little module um it's inspired by the sidebar enhancements for sublime but it's just a convenient way to create duplicate move rename delete files and directory so uh, it's called file utils um if you look up um just vs code dash file utils you should find it in your extensions um, but it's got yeah, just a couple little tools just to make it a little easier. You know, VS Code's not bad. You can right-click and copy, copy path. There's a few different things in the toolbar already. But this gives it into your command palette. So if you're in a file, you can just duplicate the file or rename it or move it. And the cool thing is if you're putting it in a subfolder and this folder doesn't exist, it'll create them, etc. So um, it does try not to override files or folders or do anything weird like that. Um, but obviously whenever you mess with files, always be careful. Hopefully everything's in Git uh, or source control. So if you do make a boo-boo, you can, uh, you know, discard it. Or, a boo-boo. You just said boo-boo. I know it's probably going to get uh, flagged in the swear jar, but, um. Yeah, swear jar <laughs> does not approve. That's blasphemy. <laughs> but anyway, so it's a pretty cool little tool. And again, just makes your life a little easier. Makes working with files and directories a little bit easier. So pretty cool little tool there and that's written by stefan listener has over a hundred thousand installs already and five stars so not a bad little tool so um actually i'm trying to remember who recommended this one i forget so i apologize for whoever recommended that one but pretty cool okay. i think you may only be able to do syntax highlighting for fenced code blocks which is apparently the proper name for the ones that use the, the tildes huh trying to read go. the github Markdown spec. Pretty cool. Learning yep. something new every day. Yep. So now we're on to the, the last part of our show where we thank our Patreon supporters. So thanks everybody for supporting the show, supporting our open source movements, our documentation, Forgebox itself. Um, all these tools are, you know, made possible because of all the, the support we get from our Patreon supporters and also our commercial products that we offer in consulting as well from Order Solutions. So thank you, everybody. So a quick rundown of the names. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Andrew Davis, <laughs> yeah, Brian White, Calvin Stanton, Dali, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, David Ballinger, Tadia, Lesnicki, Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Jan Yannick, Jeremy Adams, John Farrar, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamery, Lexma Tirahadi, Matthew Clemente, Richard Herbert, Samuel Knowlton, Scott Steinbeck, VJ, and Yogesh Mether. And if you go to autosolutions.com. like a real professional singing that. Almost. <laughs> autosolutions.com hey, slash. A, a few more tries. I think you'll have it. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so if you go to autosolutions.com slash about us, sorry, about dash us slash sponsors, you can see all of our sponsors there and find out how to become one as well if you'd like to help out the show or our open source community. So again, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, if you guys don't catch us next week, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving week. If you guys have it off with all the school kids, etc. But uh, yeah, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Over request sent. My work here is done. <laughs> Bye, see you guys. everybody. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this.
The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.